and welcome in, Stinky Nation, to Season 3, Episode 12 of the Stinky Cast. I, of course, am Jay Skapanak, joined, as always, by Brent Bush. And Brent, it is hard to believe, but it is true, that we are on to Episode 12 of the Stinky Cast, and we are on to Week 11 of the Stinky League regular season. We've been saying we're in the stretch run. That is an understatement. At this point, we are in an outright sprint to the finish line. There are three weeks left. There's a lot of bunching at the top. Anything can happen pretty much at the top or bottom. There's three huge weeks pending, and it's anyone's game right now. There's a number of things that are still open, but Brent, there's one thing that is certain. We are in a crazy, crazy world right now. We are living in the twilight zone of fantasy football. Basically, since Halloween week, We've just had these bizarro, low-scoring, trash outputs week in and week out. There's been like one or two good scores, and that's it pretty much every week. And it's just same old, same this week, as it's another puzzlingly bizarre, low-scoring week. It led to a lot of low uh, results and just dwindling scoring at the top. It's crazy, Brent. What has happened to elite, explosive, high-scoring weeks? It's gone. Yeah, Jay, like it is very strange, but you know, welcome in Stinky Nation. I know I had a fantastic weekend filled with fun and football. Hope you guys all did the same. There was a lot of, you know, like a lot of heat in the in the WhatsApp chain. Led, I know there was a hand-picked little exclusive Stinky gathering that um, generated zero feedback calls. So before we move any further, we have no feedback. So that that gathering, that that little elite hand-picked gathering, yielded no feedback calls but like you said jay i have to, i feel like i need to go back to last season and look at some of the scoring of these games and, and what the trajectory was and see if this is really bizarre or if it's just like what happens at this point in the season when you compound the bye weeks with the injuries you know like i i you know i need to check on on those scoring levels and see if this is just something we don't remember from last season or if it was if it was you know, like this last season, and we're just we're just un, unaccustomed to it this year because of maybe some of the NFL scoring, some of the quarterbacks being shut down a little bit more than they were in the past. Not sure what the situation is there. Yeah, it could be a bit of both. Obviously, there's a higher reliance on on overall scoring, even if you're not like in past years. Typically, it's only been about oh, who's the who's in the MVP race, like who are the top like two or three teams. But now. Scoring matters basically all the way from 1 through 14 because of the implementation of HSSR. So there's there's a higher uh, reliance and more of a focus, I think, on, on scoring. So maybe we're just more attuned to it this year and, and just have become, uh, you know, more aware of it maybe. But, um, yeah, just, I mean, you said there's no feedback. So maybe just to go back and, and, and touch on on your, your point there on this, this uh, secluded secretive gathering like i didn't even hear about this thing myself obviously i'm in florida so logistically i wouldn't have been able to make it but i would at least think that i would be privy to this intel as i i mean i get was it at booty's house i guess i don't even know that's that's what it seems like so very very weird uh, and somewhat hypocritical for that to go out the, and go down the way that it did i you know i i wouldn't have been able to attend either as i was out of state as well so doesn't really matter to me just you know just something that uh that that was noticed i think around the league uh that went on this weekend so um you know like you said you know you didn't hear about it you know i didn't i didn't hear about it i heard about it secondhand but we did have some 
some shots being fired from some people that, you know, have been uh, have been hiding a bit. And now they're now they seem to be poking their head out a little bit here and and trying to fire some shots through other people secondhand in the uh, in the WhatsApp chain. So maybe it's uh, maybe it's good. Maybe it's a sign of life from these people that they actually want to maybe participate in the in the league again. Possibly. It was, uh, yeah, it was a weird collection of people there. I, I mean, I, it was just a uh, kind of an, an amalgamation of different, like, little uh, stinky sections there from, from the room of the draft. You know, you had someone from the couch, someone from the table, some people from the kitchen. It was, it was, it was a weird, it was a weird gathering, it looks like. Did I, did I see Sprost was on hand? I think, I think Sprost was on hand. So, like you said, uh, a strange collection there. But, um, you know, speaking of gatherings, we are gaining steam. I know you sound like you are unable to attend, but the stinky Christmas table that was announced on last week's show is is moving ahead full steam. We have the in, the invite list is growing, and you know we're we're definitely looking forward to having a wet Christmas on December sixteenth. So if you have not RSVP'd to that stinky event yet, please do so. It is real. It's not a joke. I know it's tough to tell. What we're joking about on this show and what we're what we're being serious about on this show sometimes but i can assure you it is real it is moving forward so get that invitation from your email rsvp as soon as you can so we can get a head count and you know approach that event with uh, knowing who is all going and who is not going to be attending appreciate that but i guess we can move forward here and get into the the recap section here jay I like it. Where where would you like to begin, Brent? It was a bloodbath for you in the picked the head-to-head pickoff against me this week. Oh, complete nightmare scenario for myself in that regard. And it, it might have cost me my season for the picks, but you know there's still some weeks left. So we'll uh, we'll we'll see if I can rebound from from this week in the picks. But um, there are some weird games. I guess we can start, Jay, with I, I guess your game was probably the most high-scoring affair. It's close between that and the Sprost-TJ game, but we'll start off with your game um, against Weasel, and you I know you went into this fearing a loss, picking a, a loss for yourself, and by five points, Jay, it came true. Your, your, your fears were realized here in this game. Yeah, I, I, you know, Brent, this is uh, you know, I've obviously been going berserk about this on the uh, <clears throat> on the WhatsApp chain. I will try to temper my my feelings about the game here. Uh, you know, just for by virtue of it being the the stinky cast, obviously not my individual sounding board, but uh, probably one of my least favorite losses of my I will say my last three years of of which I've really been putting in the effort to being in this league and and trying to win something of note, either the the MVP or the championship. This thing, this loss is one of my least favorite. Obviously, I have the the uh, the scapping which occurred in multiple defenses there down there, which is obviously bound to happen when you carry four defenses. You know, you're going to get probably a, a higher defense on your bench than in your starting lineup. That for sure is probably going to happen. But to get two defenses in the twenties, two defenses that score touchdowns on your bench and then you get a six spot from uh your starting defense you know just a number of bizarre things that happened in this game tom brady held to 19 by the 32nd ranked pass defense in fantasy football um obviously i think he probably would have had another touchdown had his defense been able to get off the field in the last 
11 minutes of the game where they could not get one single stop on a third down and get him the ball back. On the other end, really, the big thing for Tucci, I mean, Prescott, I said it. He had a good matchup. That's an average game to me, 30, like 303 touchdowns. That's that's what I was expecting from him. Like, I thought Brady could, could neutralize that. He didn't. I said that Najee had a nice little matchup against against the Lions. He put up 18, but Brent, he did not. He only had about 11 or 12 until that game went into overtime. Swift got no, really no extra point. He had, I think Swift actually lost yards in overtime. I think he had 133 at the end of regulation. He ends with 130, but Najee gets the 100-yard bonus and some extra stuff in that overtime. Good for Tooch, obviously. But then the big fluke of the day for him, the Dylan, the Dylan play, 25.8. And Brent, he got a 50-yard reception and another touchdown in the last three minutes of that football game. So this dude went from, you know, like 14, 15 points to like 26 in the last, uh, you know, three minutes, all due to the, the injury uh, by Aaron Jones. So just a number of fluky happenstantial things that everybody in this league will say, oh, that's fantasy. That happened. It happens. Yeah, but it doesn't seem to happen to anyone as much as it happens to me. Yet and all, when the, the smoke clears and the dust settles, I still put up the third most points of the week this week. Ultimately, it's not enough because I am the biggest loser. Yeah, Jay, tough break for you in this game. I mean, you, you know, you can call it you can call it luck. You, you can call it a lot of things, but... I think the one thing that was that I noticed that I think a, a few other people noticed and commented on this week, I think Bags pointed it out, was that you know you had mentioned previously that you were you were blocking other teams from having DSTs. Now, it's kind of like it's kind of like biting you in the ass a little bit here because like you know these roster spots are being filled by defenses that you have no intention of using. You're just blocking other people from having them, and then it's also causing you just scap yourself. I mean, you have two defenses on your bench that would have won you the game this week. And you you went with the hot hand, the Titans. But, like, it doesn't, like, you know, consistency in fantasy football, especially for defenses, it doesn't work like that week for really. Like, just because they had 20 points or, you know, 17 points to two weeks or three weeks before that, you know, it's, it's not going to roll like that. If it was that robotic, you know, there'd be no human element of picking in here. And... So like you basically you basically just scapped yourself there with the Eagles and the Niners being on your bench and the Titans being in your lineup and that 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 pretty much cost you the game here. Now, there were some things here on the other side that Weasel kind of just like fell into with with AJ Dillon getting the bulk of the carries and also having two touchdowns here. And goal from the 3. We'll go to the ground. Dillon fighting and back in his way in for the game's first touchdown. I can't believe they made that call, and that's why. With this guy, Dylan, though, you have the ability for him to finish downhill, and what a play call. Seattle is playing pass 100% there, as you see. Elton Jenkins jumping in with a Lambeau leap. Uh, you know, just because the starter went down, I mean, he was basically starting a you know backup running back there, and he got the full compliment. He was, you know, he threw his kicker out there again, so like I don't I don't know how his lineup is is winning games. He is he ha- has somehow ended up with Chenault, who's getting his usual 3.6 points here, and he finally gets you know I brought it up on the show last week the Jacoby Myers thing, and <laughs> I feel like I might have jinxed you a little bit because he goes ahead and gets his first touchdown here 
in his career in the NFL. And, you know, that's that that was basically enough to uh, to be the difference in the score this week here for for Weasel. So just, you know, a tough loss for you, but not the end of the world, though, because like we have HSSR going here. You're still putting up respectable, good amount of points. And honestly, you like you said, you're if you're in the top three of points each week, like you should be fine. You, you'll get your wins. You have seven of them and you're up there in points. So, I you know, despite the loss here, it's not the end of the world because you're putting up points and you have, you know, one of the top records in the league. So not really the end of the world here, but Weasel is certainly climbing his way. We'll see in HSSR. I don't know if he's actually out of the toilet. He might still be clinging to the side of the dirty toilet bowl here, but, you know, he has been moving up from the bottom. So, you know, good late season surge by Weasel here to get to four and six coming out of this game. All right, so we can move on to the next game here. And, you know, I think I looked this up and I did say Spross was going to explode on, you know, five or six people's faces this season. And here we are this week with another one of those situations here as he puts up a huge 151 this week, leads league in scoring on the back of a huge, another huge Mahomes to Tyreek Hill game where they combine 56 plus 24 points. I mean, that's that's another 80-point output there for those two combined. And Mahomes did it with his five, count them, five touchdowns this week. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. To completely obliterate the HSSR leader in TJ this week. Yeah, it, look, he's going to... He's going to live and die on Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is going to dictate what Tyreek Hill's value is as well. So, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is either going to be Patrick Mahomes or he's not. We've seen, I think I saw something which was absolutely mind-boggling to me leading into this week. Patrick Mahomes for like, I think it was five straight weeks, was not a top 14 quarterback in fantasy football. I, I was watching the fantasy football uh you know, preview show with Matthew Barry on ESPN. And I, I did not check that to see if that was the case, but the, I think just loosely, or maybe it was like four out of the last five weeks. That is mind boggling to me that for whatever it is, like, uh, like about a month that he basically Mahomes was not even a starting quarterback in our league, having 14 people in it. So like, I mean, and to me, Patrick Mahomes is still the number one fantasy option. In fact, he has played one more game than Tom Brady, but he's now only like three points behind Tom Brady, uh, albeit again with another a full another game. But he's he's now second in in you know points for for fantasy quarterback. So Mahomes is still going to do his thing, but it's going to be selective possibly. Like who knows what the matchups might dictate? Who knows the way the defenses might play this guy? I mean, is this the Mahomes? Is this plus the first three games we saw Mahomes moving forward or is the last four games Mahomes? That will pretty much dictate what Spross' ceiling and floor is. Like, if Mahomes is the Mahomes we saw for the last four weeks, this this cat, like, he's, like, not even going to make it out of the playoff game or the playing game in week 14. But if it's going to be this Mahomes moving forward, he could win it all. Like, But it's just such a wild card at this point. We don't really know. On the other end, look, TJ got a lot of underwhelming performances. Josh Jacobs has been really good as of late, only six points. He gets the goose egg from Gesicki, who was like a top four tight end coming in on the week. 
Um, I mean, down the line, the Rams had a terrible game. They were basically situationally taken out of their run game from the beginning. So Henderson gets only the six points. Pascal with two. The Saints only with two. Yet he still finds a way, somehow, some way, to scrap up 101 points, which in most weeks, 101 points sounds low. This week, it's an, it's an average week. So he really doesn't lose any ground in like you teased in the last game when we talked about it, the HSSR standings. We'll look at it later on in the show. He really doesn't lose much ground there or in the MVP chase. Yeah, you can attribute that to uh, the number two overall receiver in Stinky League, and that's Debo Samuel, who um, you know he ha- who just had another big game that got him up to that hundred points. He finds a way every week. He one mm-hmm. of his players gets gets him there, and this is the third time this season that Debo Samuel was over. 30 points. So, you know, he is, he has just gotten tremendous value for that 4 million he spent on him at the draft, who is not, like I said, the number two receiver overall um, after, you know, what is it? 10 weeks now. So, you know, just, just, he just finds a way to put up points. And even though he has, you know, Russell Wilson, who he wisely pulled off IR, like we, what we talked about last week on the show, but did not start. So, you know, smart move by him because that would have cost him about 15, 16 points there. So, you know, he's 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 still making some good decisions here to uh, to get to that point. And, you know, Gesicki, I know you can share in that pain of him putting up a zero in the lineup, even, you know, despite being how good he has been this season. But we can move on to the next game here as Spross wins his third game in a row, by the way. He's he's the best winning streak right now currently in Stinky. And he moves to six and four. So he shot up from three and four to six and four over the past three weeks. So nice work by Spross. TJ, on the other hand, falls to six and four. So, you know, there's there's a lot of six and four teams coming out of this week here. And we'll move on to one of those other six and four teams. And that is um, my game here against Last Chance Rustle, which I know you're going to have a lot of opinion on because I don't know how he managed to do it. But, you know, Russ has been having a pretty good season here, but he walks away with 58 points. And, you know, this is why I don't like to, like, you know, overemphasize projections or anything like that. Like, he was projected to have 116 points, and he walks away with pretty much half of that. Almost, I think that's exactly, actually, half of that. Uh, this week and you know just a nightmare rock bottom type of week for Russell here as the only one that had a good week was Bay and you know I guess he can put a lot of the blame on Karen Rogers you know he he only had one day to prepare for this game because of the COVID BS that he put himself through and he walks away with just 10 points here and you know it's it's just a, a poor effort he gets zero touchdowns out of him Patterson, tough luck there. He gets hurt in the game, so he only walks away with four points from him. And, you know, the Dawson Knox train, ever since he broke his hand, he either hasn't played or has just put up a low point total. So he really needs to get some more contributions from these guys if he wants to make a playoff push because now that he's down to four and six, it's going to be tough because he's around right where I am in uh, in the point standings here. But, you know, I think my game this week, you know, even though 103 is nothing to write home about, I did get a nice, huge, healthy performance from Ramondre Stevenson, Ram Steve. Of the season, New England from the six. It's a pitch. Good cut. Stevenson. Steve rolls in. Touchdown, New England. 
with a huge 100-yard, two-touchdown game here. Plugged him in Sunday morning, completely hungover, and, and managed to get the highest score of my team this week out of him. Yeah, a number of good uh, little performances uh, by various um, people on your team this week. Uh, the the Rams, Steve, obviously, as you mentioned. Uh, Dan Arnold, obviously. I Look, I bid against you on that pickup. I, you know, I don't know what it was, but you beat me by, I don't know. You bid, you bid a decent amount. And I had, I want to say I bid like in the 10 range, 10 million range. But you, you had something in the teen range, I feel like, on that Dan Arnold bid that you won. And he's he's just turning into like a very consistent, like top seven weekly play at tight end. So another nice, um, you know, performance by him. And then, you know, Zeke, nice. And for a bye week start, uh, you know, Tannehill with 20 is that's that's a pretty good week. And like you said, 103 points in this week where basically everyone was was flirting with 100 or less is like, you know, nothing to be ashamed of, and you get to win, more importantly. As for Ross, on a higher-level look on the other side, uh, and we can get into it more in the HSSR discussion, as the HSSR is really becoming very important at this point with three games left. But, look, Russ, Russ was never going to be a top-four seed. He just wasn't. Like, he's never been in that, that trajectory all year. He's never been in the top four. Why is it? Why is every loss so much more meaningful to me? Why is it when I score three, the third highest points and lose, it's so much more important? Because I've been in the top four all year. Like anything less, like I've been top two most of the year. Like anything less than top four is a massive disappointment, not to mention my matchups in week 14. Russ was always going to be in the playing game and he's not going to drop out of it. Like, so this week, while you don't want to score 50 points and lose a game, like, it's not going to affect Russ from getting to where he was always going to be, which is that week 14 playing game. And he's got some luscious matchups in week 14. Russ will be in the playoffs. Nothing will stop that now. So bad week, regrettable week, obviously, all the way down the board. Tons of shitty ass contributors for for Russ. But it's not going to matter ultimately because he's going to be in that playing game. He's done enough. And he's going to win. He's going to be a top two point spread in that in that week 14. I guarantee it. But, Brent, we can get into it more in the HSSR conversation. Yeah. So while you were talking there, I had mentioned in the open that, you know, some of these quiet people are starting to poke their heads out. And while you were talking, Jay, I get I get a text that shows up from none other than Weasel asking if we're recording the cast right now. So presumably he has even more shit to say and he just you know missed the deadline that he's completely at this point it's pretty obvious when the deadline is here for for getting feedback in right jay yes right so he had all sunday while he was sending cute little messages out to the whatsapp to get some feedback in and he waits till 5 50 p.m on tuesday like he might as well try and put a defense in his quarterback slot at that point <laughs> yeah right. miss out on that maybe maybe next week he can come with something uh you know he we'll see we'll we'll review his game this week uh he's got another another power big power hitter coming up on the schedule this week Brent so you know if he wins this game to be his whatever third or fourth in a row I think he'll maybe have some more feedback possibly well you know not to be not, not we have a little spoiler alert here um but you know next week's show guys is gonna be a little bit different it's actually going to be 
groundbreakingly different than any other stinky cast episode to date so there's your little teaser we have a huge stinky cast announcement coming up later and we will we will get more into that but that's just your little teaser there so um sorry to interrupt the recaps here in the middle of this with uh with some breaking news but um let's move on i think we recapped my game i um i like i said before i go to six and four which i need those wins to stay in the uh in the running for that for that four and you know i'm not going to find it a massive disappointment being in that playing game because that's your shot to make the playoffs so you know playoffs is is never really a hugely disappointing season you want to win hardware you want to win mvp you want to win the championship but you can't win the championship unless you make it to the playoffs so you know i'm i'm still fighting the good fight there and we'll move on to the opposite end of that word i just said in playoffs so let's get into this toilet bowl extravaganza game here jay and i think you know the one i'm talking about it is the booby of the bad gays versus mad dong bags and you know it is really easy to identify the issues on on booty's side of the ball here on him not walking away with a win this week and it is the same exact it's like fucking groundhog's day phil hey phil Phil? Phil Connors? Phil Connors, I thought that was you. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for watching. Hey, hey. Now, don't you tell me you don't remember me, because I sure as heck fire remember you. Not a chance. <laughs> Ned! Ryerson! Like, does he listen to the cast, Jay? Do you talk to him? He, he doesn't respond to anything I say anymore. And do you talk to him? Does he listen to the cast? You know, I don't. I I do talk. We do talk periodically. I I don't know that he's listening to the cast. My get. You know, I haven't asked him directly. He hasn't offered that up. My guess would be that he is not listening to the cast. If I had to guess. Okay, because I mean, it doesn't seem like it. Because like, I literally like handed him like lineup feedback here. You know, Brian Edwards, 19 points. Uh, you know, pick any player. Mikael Hardman and his shitty usual like three to four points a week could have had him in. Wins the game. All right. It, uh, Patriots defense, just like last week, you know, that's he's leaving seven points on the bench. That doesn't win him the game. But God damn, it gets him closer. And he's just mismanaging this team all over the place. You know, he he unloads Kelsey. His team just isn't a threat anymore without Kelsey. He he gets five points at a at a Gaskin. Herbert seems like one of those quarterbacks that quarterbacks that has gotten figured out like. I don't I don't know what's going on there, but he he doesn't seem like the same. Like he's had some, he's had 13, he's had 17, he's had 14, he sprinkled a a 38 in there. But Jay, those those three weeks that I just mentioned there are are not going to get it done from the quarterback position. But Bags, you know, big win here for Bags. He gets a huge game from Williams, who gets you know 43 receiving yards, 100. Um, well, I sorry, I had it backwards. 43 rushing. And a hundred receiving and a thirty-eight yard receiving touchdown here. Mahomes. Ton of time. Escapes. Goes to the end zone. It's Williams there. And he makes the grab. Oh my goodness. Darrell Williams. Deep downfield for 38 yards. Beats Jonathan Abram. <laughs> To push booty, you know, this is this this comes down to it. This is going to have implications in that toilet bowl, and Bags goes to five and five, 
takes Booty down, who is down to two and eight right now after this loss to Bags. <laughs> Even Antonio Gibson there had a nice little week. He got two touchdowns against the Bucks D. So maybe maybe Bags is trending in the right direction here. I don't think so, Brian. He's still dead last in points. Uh, Tied with he, Booty. He he yes. He, oh, are they absolutely actually tied? I think they're actually tied. I think they have the same. Yes. Well, no. Booty has 0.5 more points, so not tied. Okay. So despite the right, and see, this is where, I mean, it will again look at it in the HSSR, but I mean, there is some still some luck obviously involved. I mean, they they have the same amount of points, both very very bad amount of points, but Bags is at 500, and Booty is at 2 eight. Like you said, there's some mistakes and mismanagement along the way. Um, you know, I would like to just, I would like to just take a, a moment to acknowledge that Jalen Hurts, uh, I mean, essentially that that's what spun the game, right? Like Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, the much maligned quarterback for bags since the acquisition in that trade with PRB outscores Herbert, who's like an alleged top five quarterback Hurts outscores Herbert by 10. And that's the margin of this game. Basically, exactly is the 10 points. I would also like to take a moment, speaking of trades and highlight Hunter Henry, who I I made a comment. Look, this is not to this is this is no kind of commentary about, uh, you know, the veracity of like the the trade itself or whatever, any kind of tactics uh, deployed by either Steve or Joey or anything like that. But I, I, you know, I made the comment at the time. It was a little head scratching to see Hunter Henry get traded for $15 million of fab. Seemed like a pretty light little trade to me. Uh, when you look at him, uh, you know, Durazio made the comment to me that he's touchdown dependent. Well, okay, he may be touchdown dependent, but he scores a touchdown every single week. Brent, look at this is since week four. So this is basically a very significant stretch. I mean, this is like pretty much the whole season. So look, the first three weeks, whatever, working his way back from injury, week, from week four on, 13, 20, 12, 10. Yes, he had the four-pointer, and then 10 and 20. This dude in a, in a dead position, which is like virtually impossible to fill tight end uh, consistently, has one single-digit game in the last like nine games. I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked. I would guess this guy is like a top six or seven tight end right now who was traded for $15 million in fab. Like, you could just pick up the, like, the sixth best tight end right now for $15 million in fab. So, whatever. It was a great great uh, acquisition by Bags. He, he made the joke that he's back on the trade block. I don't think that's true. I think he has a, has a firm, uh, a fixed spot in Bags' lineup at this point moving forward. Yeah, well, speaking of tight ends here, uh, you know, you were you were lauding the the uh, the Dalton Schultz pickup there by by Booty, who he did have like maybe a good game or so, but I mean, let's keep it real here. Like his last three games, three point one, nine point four, two point four. So, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, there that that is not a very uh, impressive tight end, and that was the reason why he traded you Kelsey is because he was like, I have Schultz. I have this great tight end. I can afford to trade Kelsey. Well, maybe not so, dude. You're getting 2.4 from tight end now that you traded Kelsey, who had like 22 points this week. So, you know, just let's while we're while we're highlighting trades, we can we can highlight that aspect of it as well. But I think we I think we beat this game up pretty good. <laughs> I think I think this we left our mark on this game. So 
Uh, let's move on to the next game here, and that would be the uh, Durazio versus Frankie Freak Squad game. This one came down to the wire. I mean, and it also came down to Steve had some tough quarterback things happen to him this week, and he had to he had to keep pivoting because the Kyler Murray news, you know, it's it's been shady. Like one day they're like, he feels great, he's going to play this week, and the coach is like, eh, maybe not so. And so, like, you know, all week doesn't know what the situation is with Kyler Murray. So he has been. He's like, I, I talked to him on, like, I want to say, like, Thursday or Friday or something. He was like, I'm starting Ben this week. I already decided. I don't even care about Kyler. Ben's going to be the quarterback. Saturday night, which, I mean, it could have been worse. It could have happened on Sunday because that's when I saw the news. But Saturday night, the news breaks that Ben is going on to COVID IR. So now his pivot is to start. Colt McCoy and Colt McCoy. That was just not the call there. He gets 0.18 points. And I, you know, I'm not, I could, I could go and look on fab and see what quarterbacks are out there that would have gotten him. I don't know, seven points. The seven points would have got him to win this week over Frankie feedback. Who's quarterback. Josh Allen got another 366 and two touchdowns this week for him. And, you know, that's not even the highlight. Of Frankie's lineup this week. I would say the highlight is my man Skeleton, the exercise science degree, balling out with two touchdowns, including an amazing one on a 36-yard grab there. And has really had a terrific start to this quarter. Kirks looking, going deep down the far sideline. It is to the end zone and caught by Devontae Smith for the touchdown. Yeah, best uh, best player on his team this week for sure. Um, maybe other than Josh Allen, although watching that, because wa- I don't look at scores. Watching the game unfold, the games unfold. I thought Allen had like forty plus in that, and you know, I, but so I mean, I guess he only had the two touchdowns, but um, he was really eating it up, obviously, against that Jets defense. Um, and then yeah, Steve, there's not much more you can say. Like if he just had a a subpar to like below average quarterbacking uh, output this week. He obviously gets the win. And look, Brent, these are the things like this is the stuff that where it happens. I mean, we'll talk about an HSSR. Look, Frank is probably Frank is going to edge me out for the two seed at least. Like I might fall all the way out of the four. But this these are the things that that does it. He gets this 105 point win, 105, 100, 100, and I lose my game. He after next week, Frank will have the un the undisputed standalone Frank will have the best record in Stinky League after next week's games conclude. So and it's because I lost this game this week and he won this game this week. So c- congratulations on a 105 point uh, win here this week to Frank. Obviously a huge win for him. A fairly big loss for for Durazio. Um and he's obviously it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a pivotal win here too because if you look at it like. You know, Durazio wins this game, he goes to seven and three. Frank wins this game, he goes to seven and three. So this this game was definitely pivotal, and you know it could it, it could determine uh, it, it most likely will de- determine you know playoff seating here coming up on uh, on the end of the year here. One hundred percent. Like I said, Frank will be the two seed now over me. Uh, and that will be Brent. The difference between just being a four, you obviously want the four, the top four, because you get week 14 off. If you get a top two seed, you get 
week 14 and 15 off. So you, if you're a top two seed, you only have to win two games to win the championship. That's what Frank's going to be looking at now uh, by the virtue of this win coupled, I have to say, with my loss. Um, so, I mean, it, that's, a, that's a great – and it could have been Steve that would have had that same arrangement with me getting this poop loss this week. Uh, Steve could have been in the driver's seat to just having to win two games to win it all. So uh, really, uh, you know, kudos to Frank for he just hasn't been able to put it together ever. And, and now this year, it looks honestly like it could be his year. Like, I think, honestly, Frank right now, I would say, is the favorite to win the championship. Wow. All right. You heard it here first. Uh, you know, take that and, and smoke it, like he said in that one feedback call. Take that and smoke it. Peace. Uh, let's move on to the next game. And I know you're going to love talking about this one based on all of the messages I woke up to this morning, and that is the PRB game where he somehow pulls out a 95-point win over Barco, who had been trending up but does not trend up in this game. He only puts up 86 points. He drops to 6-4. and four. PRB climbs to 6-4. and four. He's, he's scrapping. He's clawing. He's moving up the, the standings here with these wins, and he was down in toilet bowl territory, and he's just been pulling wins out here. You know, even though Stafford only got 11 points, he does get a nice goal line touchdown there from James Robinson, who's back in the fold, who should help him out. But other than that, and the Cowboys defense, who had, you know, just three interceptions, they absolutely killed the the, uh, the Falcons in this game. And they had, you know, they had a big special teams touchdown. Linebackers and getting him the ball in space. It's loose. And the Cowboys are going to get this one maybe. So, you know, that was really what propelled him to this to this win this week over Barco. Yeah, this guy's such a fraud, Brent. I could barely even stand to talk about this game, obviously. Like I said, there's a lot of bad low-scoring wins this week, mainly because there's just a lot of low-scoring games overall, low-scoring teams. Um, you know, there was three games over one, one over 114. I mean, it's just a bad week, but... This guy just seems to always get get the the end the luck end of it every single week. I mean, I'm not making these things up. Look at this guy's wins. I posted it on WhatsApp. Like his wins are appalling. Like every single one of them are just so ridiculously low. And he get he just lucks out yet again. He's in the toilet territory, Brent, because he's the fourth worst scoring team in the league. That's why he was in the toilet territory. The reason he's not in the toilet territory anymore is because he keeps getting these cheap wins. He's six and four. And quite frankly, like, who knows? Like, this guy might end up with like eight wins and be, you know, bottom four in scoring. It's just an incredible sight to behold. So, uh, you know, he and he's one of the guys, again, I say it routinely. Oh, that's, it's just fantasy. That's the way it happens. Oh, it's, it's just you're not in control of it. True, but yet some people seem to always get the bad end of the luck, <clears throat> myself, and some people seem to always just fall under the fucking rainbow with a four-leaf clover shoved up their asshole like this Puerto Rican fraud. And then he just goes on there and talks about those are the breaks of the game. When this guy actually gets or receives a tough break of the game, that's when we'll be able to I'll be able to sit back and laugh, but I'll be holding my breath, obviously, for the rest of time for that to happen, Brett. 
So he's like 11th in scoring in the league, right? And he is, I will get into it in HSSR, but he's probably in like the 9 or 10 spot in HSSR. So the wins aren't really, you know, propping him up to some like Olympian heights here. You know, the HSSR is still uh, maintaining control of the situation, you know, so that's why that's why there's really no need to get too fired up about fraud teams because it's not like he's in like position to make the playoffs where he stands and he has six wins. So like, you know, it, it just the, the lack of points is still holding him down and that's why HSSR is doing its job. But, um, you know, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about Barco's team. Tough break for him because he loses Aaron Jones in this contest without getting a full game out of him. I'm sure that was a big part of the reason why, you know, he didn't do much. But Art Juan Brown just really disappointed over there with 2.8 points. Lamar Jackson, that started off in that Thursday night that everyone's scared of. And, you know, Lamar only gets, you know, 17 points in a game where I think he was expecting a lot more. I know I was. But, you know, Tim Patrick down there with 2.9 points, just a lot of culprits down there for Barco that led to this low-scoring 86-point loss by him. But we have one more game, Jay, to get to here. So let's move on to the last game of the week here, and that is the Hey Stinky Schwarz versus Never Nude Stover. And, Jay, this, I I believe, um, you know, I have to double-check, but I believe this is, like, uh, Stover's, like, fifth loss in a row. So it's been, it has just been, he's just been falling like a rock, like he's got a rock, a huge rock, you know, tied to his ankles, and he just cannot, cannot get out of this downward spiral he's in. He's, he's, I'm sure he's falling really, really low in HSSR. He only puts up 93 points here. You know, he, he does start the right quarterback, though. I talked about it last week, you know, with Wentz that had been doing so well. He leaves Wentz on the bench against Jacksonville and starts Carr and makes the right call there. But his injuries are just really catching up. He needs Carson back. He had Montgomery on bye. So he ends up getting, you know, two points from Gainwell, two points from Mike Davis in his in his running back slots. And that is not going to cut it. And that's the reason why he had 93 points here. But on the other side, you know, Jonathan Taylor had another. He's the RB1. Jonathan Taylor for Schwarz is the RB1 in Stinky like. And in pretty much all of fantasy this year, he gets another big 24-point game out of him, all the while still not figuring out the quarterback position because Lawrence is not getting it done. Taysom Hill on his bench, even worse, not getting it done. And quarterback has pretty much cooked Schwarz's entire season, even though he gets the win here with 99 points and he moves to 3-7. and seven. Yeah, this uh, obviously, you know, Schwartz stays afloat in the points uh, enough to kind of sort of edge his way out of the toilet. We'll go over that uh, coming up here shortly. We keep teasing the HSSR, but we will talk about it. And, uh, you know, he is fighting and, and clawing his way despite not getting the wins. And obviously, yeah, you, you highlighted it. The quarterback position is, is the primary issue for him week in and week out. It's like a broken record. We've been saying it over and over and over again, and it continues to, re- to uh, remain to be the case, um, despite the fact that, yeah, he does have an absolute stud in Jonathan Taylor, who, uh, Brent, I think, uh, you know, the secret is out about this guy. I think this is going to be the, no- the most expensive player in Stinky Draft next year. I'm ready to make that call already. I could see uh, 30 plus 30 uh, mil on this guy. I mean, he's an absolute 
beast every week. It seems like he's running absolutely wild in his games now at this point. And look, you know, Schwartz has some nice uh, elements to his team. It's just the quarterback, when you're getting less than 20 or 25 points routinely from your quarterback, like you're not going to have sustained success in this league. It's just not going to happen. And exactly. Like if he was getting, like, if he was getting like, you know, like, you know, 20, 25 points to 30 points out of his quarterback right here, like he would be one of the top scoring teams this week and, and it, it would all be fixed. Correct. And for the year, I mean, and, and a lot of these losses turn to wins. I mean, you would be looking, you'd be talking about Schwartz being a playoff team with a guy who could be a league winner in, in Jonathan Taylor, who could just go off for like a 50 point game in the middle of the playoffs. But it's just not going to happen because he, you know, he gambled on these young unproven quarterbacks with no real backup plan in place if that didn't happen. And here we are now. He's basically his ceiling is getting to the the two uh, the Frankie two of mediocrity. Um, so you know, it's just it's just a, a sad uh, state of affairs for the Fab Snake. And I obviously, for one, Brent hate to see it. <laughs> Yeah, saying Fab Snake and hate to see it in the same sentence. I'm sure it's genuine, but but uh, I, that that does it, Jay. That is that is the week of games this week in Stinky. We we've, we've wrapped it all up there, and you know I I touched on it in the beginning that I had a horrendous week. Well, guess what? Schwarz, that last game is the only game I picked correctly. I got I went one one for six this week in Ooh. the picks. So thanks a lot, everyone, for really you know hammering it home there for me and you know you had picked four right and got your lock you move ahead five full wins in the picks this so far so only three weeks for me to make it up not impossible but i have my work cut out for me wow that is a strong clutch week by me at least i could do something right um obviously it's not setting my defense or getting the right matchup uh, of who I will face weekly. But I can obviously pick pick some winners here in Sneaky. We'll see if I can keep the hot streak later on in the show. But, Brent, first, let's go ahead and slide in a quick word from one of our sponsors. And look, you dog, you. I didn't know that you were working on this little side project. I mean, we talk every week, obviously, on WhatsApp, but also we talk a lot about the cast. And, and, you know, spend time on these Tuesdays before and after after the record. And I didn't know all this time you were writing a book, which is now being picked up by Amazon. So I want to just go ahead and uh, give you a shout out here. Uh, get a little tease on this new upcoming series. But Stinky Nation, join us right after this quick word, because like we've been saying all show long, we have a lot to get to in these HSSR standings as we have only three weeks to go. That and much more right after this. Coming this summer, a new Amazon Prime series that will shake you to your core to live and die in New York. Based on the international best-selling novel by Brentley Bush in his debut revolutionary work, the New York Times called it one of the most important novels of the 21st century. Bush's delicate web of literary mastery, combining stream of consciousness techniques with experimental prose, has not been seen before or since James Joyce's groundbreaking Ulysses. Now, join the novel's protagonist, Troy, a common New York street pigeon, 
in this limited Amazon Prime series. Follow Troy for the last hours of his life after mistakenly ingesting a large quantity of cocaine off of a pair of naked boobs. Question your own reality as Troy makes his way through varying degrees of his high and reach new levels of eroticism as he learns about butt plugs and black unicorns coming Memorial Day 2022 only to Amazon Prime to live and die in New York. Strap on your Wizenator because this is going to be the wettest ride of your life. Welcome back in Stinky Nation. Welcome back. And Brent, wow. Like what, I mean, what was the motivation of this new book that you wrote? Uh, I, I, it was clearly th this weekend. Uh, things happened so quickly, man, that like, you know, it, it just uh, it just really developed uh, wow. spectacularly. And, you know, I, I can tell you as someone who, who lived through those events and that, that little, that crazy little, the Troy Pigeon, man, he's... <laughs> He, he's one crazy protagonist and and you'll uh you'll you'll see all the details i know there are some unanswered questions but you know it's it's all out on the table in this in this upcoming uh in this upcoming show on amazon prime so you know get ready for i think it was memorial day that it's slated for absolutely incredible i can't wait i've heard look like sly stallone wrote the screenplay to the the award the academy award-winning Rocky, the first Rocky, he wrote that legendarily in like 18 hours. So I've heard of like screenplays being written in, in a short amount of time, but a whole novel being written in the course of a weekend. Brent, I'm I'm really impressed by that. Yeah, I mean it's it it was uh it was a harrowing experience, but but a fun one as well. So you know you guys will uh you guys will get to see and great great sponsor work there. Uh, I believe you you helped me out a little bit and. And, and uh, you know, filled out the sponsor because I was so busy. Absolutely. my As always, my pleasure, um, Brent. But without any further ado, I think we should just, you know, peel open these HSSR standings as, I mean, there's a lot of bunching now at the top. It's, I mean, it's going to be a tight race down the stretch, and there is a lot at stake here. Well, yeah, finally, for the first time this year, we can say that TJ does not own the the uh, the top spot by himself as you have now tied him at 26 HSSR apiece. So you know despite despite how how gloomy and and poor your outlook seems, you are moving up in the world of HSSR and you have now tied him for the top spot. So you know 
you, do you really think that you're going to drop from basically the top spot in HSSR out into the five through eight spots? It's going to, I think it's going to be harder than you think it's going to be to do that. Yeah, Brent. This, and this is why I look, it's, it's looks can be deceiving because I've got a tough three games to end the season. I've, I've got, listen, we'll go through it when we preview the games. I'm going to lose this week. So spoiler alert, like I, I'm going to, I'm picking you this week, but we'll get to that later on in the show. Um, so that's going to be now three straight losses. And I will just be in the, in a cluster in a mixture of all of these upper echelon teams, which will all have the same record as me now after this loss this week. Uh, and then, you know, we're in a cluster of points. Like I'm third in points right now by like eight points or something over Frank. And then Steve's like 12 points ahead of me. But then like Barco and Spross are lingering behind me too, within like 30, 40 points. Like, so really I'm going to lose this week. And then my last two games, I'm playing Barco and Steve. Those are two upper tier teams. Obviously I could easily lose either or both of those games. So the reason why I'm so furious about the loss is because I would have been 11. I was 11 and two this week. 11 and two against the 13 team league. And I unfortunately played one of the two that I couldn't beat. I, I should have the eighth win this week, which would have guaranteed me the top spot in the, in the record or the top uh, or the second best, which would have been 14 or 13 points guaranteed. I would have been a lock for a top four spot with the eighth win uh, this, this week. And I would have had the outside track of getting the two week by week, in week 14 and 15. Now, honestly, uh, yeah, I do think it's possible that I can fall out of the, the top four after holding it for the whole year. I've been in the top four or primarily the top two all year. So yeah, for me basically to fall out in like week 13, which is a distinct possibility, which getting into who's trailing me, we've got Steve, like you said, me and TJ are tied at 26. Steve and Frank then are tied at three and four at 24 so you know i think both of them win this week more than likely but we'll see what happens so you've got we can actually we can actually get into a little bit of the scheduling stuff here because it's not that hard to digest at this point with only uh three games left on the slate so you mentioned who your three games were who were they they're you and i have significant buy issues we'll see what i'm doing uh with my starting lineup uh, so I've got you this week, and it's just because of my buy issues and the Robert Woods and all that debacle. Like I, I think I'm going to lose this week, and then I've got Barco after that, and then Steve to end the year. Okay, and then TJ has in order to get to his what you're looking at eight wins, so he's what six and four. So he plays Weasel this week, then he plays me the following week, and then he plays Barco the following week. So. You know, I, say what you will about, you know, how terrible Weasel's been this year, but he has put up some uh, some decent, somewhat winnable points. Like, he would have beaten TJ this week, for example. So, you know, TJ, TJ doesn't have the easiest path to getting to eight wins either, you know? And then we've got uh, Steve ending with, I believe he has PRB uh, this week, me uh, to end the no, year. No, yes, and the middle game in there is Russ. Okay. Um, so who do you and, want, Frank now? And then Frank. Yeah, give me Frank. So Frank's remaining schedule is Schwarz this week. Uh, oh, boy, this is – oh, man, Frank. He is Schwarz this week, 
Booby of the Bad Gays after that, and then Never Nude Stover after that. What? Like I said, Brent, I should I should be eight and two this week. He get I I get a loss with 125 points. He gets a win with 105 points, and now he will have the best record in this league. Not me. So he Frank I, Frank could have 10 wins. Correct. Wow. Wow. Look at that. Nice work, Frank. Has the bad game, has the bad teams lined up at the end of the season without you know without even you know missing a beat and he, he you know he's taken down some good teams. He has seven wins. So so Frank, you're right, is sitting in pretty pretty nice spot right now here in this hssr correct so he so i'm now not going to have best record and i'm not going to have most points so i'm i'm guaranteed to fall out of this top two guaranteed uh because frank will be right around me in points if not above me i think i'm holding about a 10 point lead and he will have a better record than me so tj will definitively have more points than me so after being a top two team all year like i'm at least at least going to have to play three games to win a championship instead of two. And it is not a stretch to suggest that it will have to be all four. And week 14 is going to be a bloodbath, um, I think, because Russ is at least one. Russ is a lock to win that week 14. Uh, so we'll see who will be. It's essentially, to me, three. Th- the, the three remaining teams that get in there are fighting for one spot because Russ is getting the most points in week 14. All right, so you you touched on you keep touching on the 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 playing week week fourteen, so yeah. you know let's move down into that section because now you know we're we're not too far away. It's not it's not crazy to assume that these could be the four that are in there. So you know you're talking about who I has. I think they will, Brent. Who, I think they will. I think the four that we have right now are the four that we're going to get. And you're talking about who has what matchups uh, in that week. So you know, hit me with the the um the next four, the playing four. The next four in order, uh, now off of his huge week this week, Spross uh, with a score of 20, an HSSR rating of 20. Barco with a rating of 18, so he doesn't drop too much. I think he was a 20 last week, despite his uh, bad point output this week and the loss. Then you slide in next with uh, an HSS score of 15, and then Russ uh, rounds it out, a big drop, a precipitous drop from him after after his week this week where he scores 58, but he still is in there at, with an HSS score of 13. All right, so the two teams that you're, that you're most fearful in this four, in that week 14, based on matchups, is Rustle. We just brought his name up, so I'll talk about him. So you want to talk about being terrified of Rustle's lineup in week 14, assuming, you know, fingers crossed, no injuries for him, and we'll just, we'll just look at his matchups, and we talk about it real quick right here. So you're you're scared of Kamara, who who didn't play this week and is hurt. Hopefully he comes back next week for him. But it would be Kamara against the Jets at the Jets. I'm assuming that's the one of the ones you're most fearful of. The other yeah. one being McCaffrey home against Atlanta. I'm assuming that's the other thing that you're most fearful of. But then it's Rogers home against Chicago. Is the top three players we'll say from his team. And, you know, I guess maybe Mike Williams against the, the, the Giants. But Mike Williams has really fallen off. I mean, with Herbert, I mean, Mike Williams' last four games, 3.7, 2.9, 6.8, 5.3. So I, I don't know if you're going to count him as someone you're scared about in that matchup. But Godwin against New Orleans. New Orleans' defense has been pretty decent. I mean, they just shut down your boy Art Juan Brown. So I I don't know how scared I am by, by all of these 
these these matchups here for Russ. Brent, that is, I believe his top three players will score 75 points, a cumulative wow. 75. Uh, that's Kamara, McCaffrey, and Rodgers. So, right. uh, you know, I'm looking then at, I'm looking at, I'm looking at potentially my matchups that week. If I ha- if I'm now forced after. Well, let's, not- let's, let's keep it, let's keep it to the, the four that we're talking about. Cause you're right now you're in the top four. So if we're treating these four as the, as the, the play in four, let's, let's, you know, Let's give them the the focus here, and and I think the other one you wanted to talk about is Spross, right? Is that correct? Yeah, he's got Mahomes playing at home against the Raiders, which we so saw what let... he just did to the Raiders. Right, right. He just let them up for fifty four points. So you know, it, it's not he's not going to have fifty four again that week. You know, but like it it seems like a good matchup. So I'll give you that one. Um, you know, he has Chubb, who if he's playing by then will be going against um, Baltimore. Uh, you know, he has Tyreek Hill in that same game. Uh, you know, Baltimore's no slouch run D. I mean, I, I wouldn't call that a good matchup for him. And, you know, Adam Thielen against Pittsburgh. Uh, who else are we counting here? Mike Evans in that same matchup that Godwin has against New Orleans. Uh, I'm even looking at his bench to see if there's anything from his bench. But, you know, aside from that one game, the Mahomes-Hill Hill matchup, I don't really see him having like incredible matchups here. But Brent, you need you need like one guy to go berserk potentially to win your week. Like if well, not if the, the not the playing game, you have four people to go against. That's true, but I mean, look at I mean, look at this last week. Like he had one guy basically go off, and that resulted in the high score of the week. I think I I mean I I would be thinking if let, let's talk about some of these other teams like. Barco, like, look at who who is Barco going to be rolling out in, in that week? You've got, you know, the Ravens and the Browns. Like, I mean, that could potentially be a shootout. I think. I mean, it, we've seen it in the past where that happens. Um, so, I mean, you've got his, you know, his prized quarterback and his wide receiver rolling out against the Browns. I'd say that's a neutral matchup. I don't see it as a good or a bad matchup. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a bad matchup. Um, He'll probably have Aaron Jones back at that point. And the, the Green Bay game against Chicago, that's a night game at Green Bay uh, on Sunday night. So like a, a primetime premier game. Obviously, these games are going to be important because the Packers are going to be uh, jostling for for seeding and stop into the playoffs. Uh, you know, so those I'd say those are all pretty, pretty fairly decent matchups. He'll have Art Juan Brown Brett at home going against Jacksonville. That sounds like a pretty tasty little matchup to me. Yeah, indeed. But Jacksonville has actually played somewhat decent recently somehow. Like this past week, they just um, they were just involved in a game that that was pretty shocking because their defense actually stepped up. I don't know if if Urban Meyer has them has them buying in now or or the defensive coordinator there. But, you know, we'll see about that matchup. But um well, you know, let, I, let, let's let's lastly let's look at your team. Just your your top tier players. You, you're presumably Burroughs has been your guy all year, along with Chase, who's has been phenomenal. They're playing at home against the 49ers, which honestly can go either way. Like we've seen the 49ers look phenomenal on defense. We've seen them look lousy. So I don't really know what to expect from that matchup necessarily. Right, and then we have Zeke Elliott going against uh, the Washington football team, which. You know, I have to assume I have to assume that is a good matchup for myself. Um, but then, you know, Terry McLaurin is in that same game. Is that a Thanksgiving Day game? Like, 
it can't be. It's too. It's too. No, it's that's in December, so yeah. it's not that. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I have I have a player on bye. I have a week fourteen bye that week, and it's my New England running back. So I don't have Damian Harris or Stevenson that week in for the sprint game if that's where I am. So that's not fun for me. But I would have Javante Williams going against Detroit at home, which you know could make up for that. But I don't know. It, that doubt that I think it would be a pretty wide open sprint to be honest after just going through all those. Well, I'm confident that I would not be in that running. If I if I if I am forced to play in that game, my matchups are very bad compared to everyone we just highlighted. So hopefully it doesn't happen. I've been where I've been all year long. Um, but you know, we'll see. I don't like I don't love my outlook now. Um the rest of the way. I really needed that eighth win here. So I don't know that I'll well, ever get. It could, be, it could be five straight losses to end of the year. Well, that five through eight territory. Did we give the? Did we attach the HSSR numbers to it? It's Spross with. Okay, all right. Spross twenty, Barco eighteen, me fifteen, Russ thirteen. So that moves us down to the, uh, you know, the the mediocrity two, we'll call it, and it's it's PRB and Schwarz sitting in there. PRB has now climbed up to the ninth overall, but he has eleven HSSR points. Schwarz is down right below him with nine. Now, something to note here is that Schwarz is actually tied with the weasel with nine, but because of points, Schwarz is out of the toilet bowl and weasel is still below him in the toilet. Yeah, it's been honestly, Tucci has had, uh, you know, a nice couple weeks. Um, Like I said, when we were highlighting the game last week, I mean, it wasn't just my doomsday uh, outlook that that had me, you know, in jeopardy of losing that game. It was just that Tucci's been playing pretty well lately. I mean, he's got two straight wins in a row now, and two straight weeks in a row, he has the second highest score in the league. So, I mean, I think, you know, he look, he's gotten healthy. Like Dak, he had some injury concerns with Dak. He's back now. Kittle has come back off injury and has been great for two weeks in a row. So, uh, you know, I think ultimately, I think Tucci has a, has a realistic ch- shot at getting out of the toilet bowl, which I don't think you or I would have thought that earlier on in the year. No, and, you know, he, he's definitely trending that way. We'll see if he can keep it up over the next three weeks. So, you know, like he's had what, like one or two, like two good weeks that he's strung together in a row, maybe three. But, you know, can he do you think he can do that for six weeks? Because that's what he has to do now. He has to have six solid weeks to to stay out of the toilet bowl. I don't know that I have the confidence that he can do it, but we shall see, I guess. Um, but right below him is Bags moving up out of um, out of the bottom there after that big win over Bad Gay Booby. He's at seven HSSR tied with Stover, who has just been falling downward. Downward, downward, the rankings. He's now below bags, um, presumably because of record, uh, as Stover now has the same record as Booby, which I believe is the tied for the worst in the league. So that is really, really holding him down here in the toilet for Stover, which is just a weird scene down there in the toilet. But, I mean, down there at the bottom, who we didn't talk about yet, I feel like... Jay, we have a poop emoji down here. <laughs> I, I, I put it in that one week when I was messing with the doc while we were talking, and I put the poop emoji next to next to Booby's name, and he's had, I feel like he's had 
three HSSR for like five weeks now. I, you know, I think you're right. I think I re- he really hasn't moved. There has not been much movement there. I think it's been, it's been, he was two earlier. He's been out of the two range. I think he moved all the way up to six at one point, but now, yeah, he's back down to three. And I don't know that I see much traction. He honestly, I mean, I scat myself every week. I mean, every week I'm scapping myself, even when I'm winning games, I'm basically costing myself like 20, 30 points a game. It seems like, um, but I would say he rivals me on the scapping. Like I, it's just the wrong call every time, like whatever defense he plays, it's wrong. And he makes hilariously bad decisions also in, in a number of flex positions every single week. It seems like. Yeah, it's it's just been, like I said, I'm glad that you finally have seen what I've been talking about because it's just been clear as day that he has been responsible for his own demise in, in this in this season. And I, I guess we can both agree that he's not going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, Brent, I don't – anyone that's in the toilet standings right now, like the best they can do is not be in the toilet standings. Like – they're not going to get to the playing game at this point. Like they, they have the points are too low at this point, the, or the record is too bad or a combination of each. And we have too few weeks left now. And there's too many people that have established a strong base of, of, of action here at this point. Like there is no way these four teams, I will say it right now. There's no way these four teams will make even the play in game. Yeah, I think that's pretty safe to say. There's an outside shot of playing game, maybe for Weasel, I guess, because, you know, he does have nine HSSR, but it's just, you would have to leapfrog too many teams at this point, and and while also just just killing it in points. But, you know, I I don't see him having a six-week stretch of, of putting up that many points to make it into the play, play in game. So, like you said, best they can do is probably the media, mediocre two there. Uh, to save their seasons, but you know the bo- at the bottom there, it's looking it's looking and like an impossibility. So we can pretty much cross them off the list for for postseason glory and just get prepared for some epic toilet bowl games between those two teams or four teams, I should say. Yeah, it's gonna but be I, it's gonna be pretty crazy in the toilet area this this year, friend. Oh, uh, I think it's gonna I think there's gonna be a lot of electricity in those toilet bowl games. So you know. It, something to look forward to, I guess, for, uh, for us, like watching those teams, it's like watching like a, like a chicken fight or something down there. We'll just be throwing some money in the ring at the, at the toilet bowl teams down there. But, um, I guess last we have to talk about here before we take a break is probably MVP standings. I mean, you know, TJ still holds a 74, 75 point lead over Durazio. Durazio missed a prime opportunity this week to pick up ground. So he's running out of time to do so. Only three more weeks left to pick up ground on that 74. He basically has to average like 25 plus more points than TJ every week. So the time is now to start doing that. Otherwise, you know, if we if he still has a 75 point lead after this week with what two games left to play, Jay, that would look like a lock. But I think there's a shot now for um, probably you and. Steve to to make a run at that MVP because you're 83 points behind TJ. So, you know, now's the time. This is the week where you got to get started. Frank is is 89 points behind TJ for MVP. So, you know, it's probably a long shot for him. That's a lot of points to make up. I mean, you yes, 
you can make up close to like 70 in a week, but you need TJ to have 100 points and you need to have an explosive 170. And then this conversation can change. Yeah, Brent, I've been saying it for a long time now. TJ is a lock to win MVP. I said it long ago. And even when Derrick Henry got hurt, you could go check the tape. I said TJ would still win the MVP, and he's going to. He's not going to win the championship. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know that he'll even win a playoff game. I mean, if he's a top two seed, he will obviously get to the semifinals at a minimum. Um, but, you know, his team is obviously compromised significantly without, without Derrick Henry. But he had enough. He had enough cushion built up where, like, you just can't make these things up. And he's got enough remaining in the lineup that he could stave off the oncomers. Really, the battle is for second place. Um, you know, Steve, like you said, I am, like, eight points behind Steve. And then Frank is, like, seven points behind me. So, like, really, the, the race is for second. And then who knows what Spross is going to do here in, in subsequent weeks. Maybe Patrick Mahomes has got his groove back. And maybe Spross could, like, uh, you know, pull himself, you know, quickly up the standings. He's, like, 115 points behind uh, TJ. Obviously, no shot at getting the MVP, in my estimation, for Spross. But he could still get into second place in points, I think. Yeah, I mean, if we do see one of those 200-point games, which we haven't seen 200 been crossed yet this year, and it happens up here in one of these teams behind TJ, I think I think probably that is what it's going to take. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled. If there is a, if there is a mega explosive game that could shake the foundation of this MVP race, but I think it's going to take that for it to happen. But you know, down at the bottom here, we have, like we said, a tie for least points scored, basically between Booby and Bags, and Stover is creeping down there now. Oh. He's only about you know I would say less than 20 points above them for least points. So. Not looking good there, but I think there is money in the in the pool for the team that has the most points against. Is that correct? I think it's not much. It's about fifty bucks, but well, I, TJ is currently the one in line for yeah. most points against. So you know he could win MVP and most points against in the same season, which would be I think Very we I, we haven't. We haven't highlighted that yet, but that would be impressive. Yeah, very, very impressive. So just something that we haven't pointed out yet that I thought I would uh, point out to the league because that is one of the awards at the end of the year. But I think that does it for our little points check here, Jay. It does. It was a longer segment than we usually spend. But look, it really is taking shape now. Uh, We've only got three games left, and there is a lot at stake here. So. Um, we wanted to really just drill in and, and provide, uh, you know, as clear a picture as we could at this time. But let's go ahead and slide in uh, a, a word from our sponsor here, Brent. And actually, uh, you know, I just had one of my free crunch T-shirts on just today, a couple hours earlier when I went to work out. And as I as I highlighted on the WhatsApp chain, I love those damn shirts. I'll do practically anything for one. So, uh, you know, I crunched, I asked if they wanted to sponsor the show and you actually coordinated uh, the fine details of their sponsorship. So I'm not sure if we get like a whole lot of free shirts now that they're, they, that you've won them over as one of our sponsors, but let's go ahead and uh, get a word from them. And then on the other end of 
of this quick break, Brent, we're going to go ahead and preview the all-important matchups here and see if maybe you can make some ground on my big five-point edge. That's right after this quick word from our sponsor. As the weather turns colder and those big holiday dinners are looming just around the corner, it's important to not be lazy. So get those hot cross buns ready for the Crunch Fitness Experience. As soon as you walk in the door, we'll have hot underage girls greeting you at the door with a free multicolored fast drying t-shirt that will fit you like a glove. Just give this stranger your phone and trust her to post ads to your Facebook feed. It's like the internet version of putting a vinyl sticker on your car. But fear not, once you dive abs first into the crunch experience, you'll turn into a whole new you. Whether you come to swole up or drop it like it's hot, You'll find everything here to look and feel like you are better than everyone you know. And you won't need a degree in exercise science to boast about your workout or your IQ. Sign up now and use the last name of your favorite man crush as a promo code. And you'll even get a free booty blumpkin class. The Crunch Fitness Experience. We may not be number one in Stinky Nation, but we will threaten to knock that ass out. Welcome back in stinky nation and brent that that you know i'm very wet over that that sponsorship drop uh you know i love to hear it and i love the free shirts and yeah i'll do i'll do basically anything they can do whatever they want to do with my cell phone if it means i'm getting a shirt i would knock someone asses out for one of those free shirts so if they can maybe send some some free shirts to us maybe for the banquet we can all get real crunchy and and where and where are these 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 shirts that you have just you know really pushed into Facebook and into Stinky now with how with how great they are you know I'm I'm anxious to see with these shirts we can we can line up this shirt against the uh, the JBD Fit shirt and you know have a little shirt off. I like that. We need some merch, Brent. We need some merch. But obviously we had um, uh, a little Brent. Uh, centric sponsor, a little J centric sponsor. Brent, are, are the sponsors this week foreshadowing some big uh, stinky type, stinky cast type event in the matchups this week? I think that they are. Jay, do you think we would theme the the show like that? Do you think we would stoop to those levels and theme the show based on the stinky cast playing each other this week? Of course you're, we would. You're goddamn right we would. You're goddamn right. All right, so. That being said, we need to. We're gonna have to start off the uh, 
the pick segment this week with the stinky cast versus stinky cast battle that is about to happen this week. And, you know, Jay, I, I'm torn. Who, 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 should, who should pick this game first? I, it's your call, partner. I think I might have played my hand already. Uh, you did. You, you did. So you go ahead. You played your okay. hand. Okay. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and take this one, Brent. I've I've alluded to, look, it was initially supposed to be four buys. I don't really count the Denver defensive buy because I'm not probably going to play them all year anyway from this point on. So really it was supposed to be three bye weeks this week for me with Judy Fant and Robert Woods. Robert Woods is now just out for the rest of the year, which we didn't really touch on that devastating tidbit of news that I received on Friday. Uh, but I would have had him, I would have had him this week anyway against you because he was scheduled for a bye. Right, right. I didn't realize that uh, you were that was one of the bye weeks coming in, but absolutely brutal injury that you that you suffered in practice. Never want to see that kind of bullshit that didn't even happen in the game. So just just brutal. And like, you know, I was just looking like the week before that. I was like, damn, Robert Woods has moved up to like quietly to like our uh, wide receiver 14. And uh, he's that's actually kind of where I thought he was going to be when when the draft happened. Like, that's what that's. That's what I was pretty much expecting from him. Like wide receiver 12, maybe. And just a shame, uh, you know, no sarcasm to see it. Um, but um, that's, that's definitely a tough loss for you moving forward. You know, I, are you still going to carry four defenses? Like, you you're, you might have to make some moves here to cover for, for Robert Woods. You didn't make any moves. The trade deadline has passed. I know you and I had a brief discussion. I'm sure you had others that didn't materialize. But, you know, you're, this, is, this is your team. Barring any other fab pickups beside Elijah Moore, who it looks like you're plugging into your lineup this week, you have two Jets receivers in your in your lineup this week, along with a Jets running back. You're starting three Jets against me this week here, Jay. Correct, Brent. That's that is the well, that is what I've been alluding to all show with my with my lineup situation this week and why I am guaranteeing a loss. I don't know what kind of drugs CBS. What is a poo smoking? We need to we need to launch a stinky cast investigation on what kind of hallucinogens a poo is on right now. I think CBS has me projected not only to win this game, but I think possibly to have the highest score of the week. Brent, I am starting not one, but two Jets wide receivers in this game this week. I am starting a third. Jets player down in my flex and probably a kicker. I'm probably going to start a kicker. I might start uh, Kadarius Tony. I still have to sweat that out throughout the week. But Brent, this guy's fallen off a fucking cliff since that ankle injury and the hand laceration and whatever. I don't know what this this deadbeat Giants head coach is doing. This kid barely plays now. He gets like practically no targets. Uh, He's got five points in two of his last three games and one point in the other game. I feel like I'll get more from the kicker, but who knows? I might go with the potential upside of Kadarius Tony. But as it stands right now, Brent, yes, you heard it here. I am starting three Jets players and a kicker. That's all you need to know. You're going to win this game. I'm going to lose my third straight game, which is why last game was so freaking important. And I hate to lose it the way I did with the third highest score that I had. Uh, and not only am I so confident that you're going to win this game, I'm actually going to lo- use you as my lock of the week in the stinky cast battle. You can take it to the bank. 
Oh my God. I, I didn't know you were going to lock me. I, I knew you were going to pick me based on what you were saying earlier, but I didn't realize that I was still available for, for uh, one of your locks. So that that's just the icing on the cake there. But you know, I need to, uh, I need to be honest, Jay, like uh, even though you're starting, like it's man, it's, you're right. It is tough to pick you. Like how many points, can like three dudes on the Jets presumably get in one game against Miami, who looked pretty good against Correct. the Ravens on Thursday night? And yeah, well, I mean, the over/under doesn't really say much at, at sitting at 45. It's a 1 p.m. game, which mm. I know, yeah. I know the league, I know you and a lot of people in the league love those 1 p.m. games. But it's Brady against the Giants at home Monday night is what I'm scared about. Like. I could I could totally foresee this being like a somewhat close game and Brady just lighting up the shithead Giants on Monday night because you know they're they're I'm sure he hates that team being one of the teams that ruined his previous perfect season. So, you know, I'm sure he, he he's got a lot to get out off his chest that night in that Monday night game, which is making me scared. Like and I have this Thursday night situation with Ram Steve and Damian Harris. I have no idea which of them well, I mean, Ram Steve will play, but I, I I don't know if Harris will get cleared for the game in time. I hate the Thursday night game. So, oh, man, this is tough. But I'm actually going to pick myself as well in this game. Okay. So, we, so, so we both agree. We both agree. And I'm primarily basing that on just kidding. I'm picking you this week. I had well, you written down as the pick, and I just wanted to, to toy with you a little bit. But, yes, I am picking you this week. I just don't think that uh, I'm going to be able to survive what Brady's going to do on Monday night. Brent, he he owes me at this point. Brady, I never thought I would say this, but Tommy is is tanking my season right now. So I hope to God you're right. But, Brent, the NFC East owns Tom Brady. Like, you, you mentioned the, the two Super Bowls. That, they, that he lost to the Giants. He lost his other Super Bowl to the Eagles. And then the Washington Redskins, who haven't been able to stop anybody this year, held him to 19. The, the least, the NFC least, has Tom Brady's soul in their back pocket. I'm afraid for this game. Like, I think it could be another underwhelming performance from Brady. I hope maybe, I haven't looked into it. I hope Antonio Brown and Gronkowski are back. I think some of that is, is contributing to his recent struggles. But, I, I don't know. I, I hope I'm wrong about this pick, but I don't think that I will be. All right. Well, we have another big rivalry besides the one between you and I, and that is the notorious Steve Durazio versus PRB rivalry. And, uh, you know, that's that's one that's sure to light a fire up in the WhatsApp chain, I'm sure. And, you know, PRB has not changed his lineup. So, you know, it's, we had to we had to, to look at this game and pick it based on the fact that Mac Jones, who has looked pretty good, will be in his lineup here, quarterback against Atlanta on Thursday night, though. So, like, tough call there. He's also going to slide Mixon into his lineup here. And, you know, once you make those changes and you have the question marks still surrounding Kyler Murray, like, I I haven't read any – is Kyler Murray playing this week? I haven't read any reports. I have not read it. It look it looks based on the projections that they think that he will play. But I honestly I wouldn't be surprised because I think they have a week twelve bye week. I think right. Yes. So you think they might hold hold him out for the bye week? 
makes sense to me. I, I mean, I, I think the writing's on the wall that that's going to be the case. But you know, but they, they can't lose any more ground in the in that in that division. And this is a, and this is a divisional game at Seattle. So like, can they really afford to to play that kind of game? I no, I I really I I don't think they can. I I think I, the luxury of that went out the window. I think with the loss uh, to Carolina this week. I think had they kept winning, obviously you just keep slow playing that. But now, I mean, the NFC's got a lot of two-loss teams in general, and that's a tough-ass division. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if he's – you got to kind of treat this as a playoff game. Like, if, if he's well enough to play in a playoff game, I think he should be playing in this game. But, you know, I don't know what the reports are. I haven't – I myself as well haven't really seen anything. Well, you know, I, you know I, this isn't going to make Steve Durazio happy, but I'm, I'm, I have to pick this game first, Jay, and I'm taking PRB. Yeah, it's you know this is a tough game to pick. Uh, and who did you say earlier in the show, Brent? I think you said uh, somebody was riding the. Uh, uh, you said Spross had the longest win streak right now, right? With three. Five. Or uh, three, three, yeah. That's not true. PRB has the longest win streak. He's won four games in a row right now. Wow, really? How did I miss that in the in the standings there? Yeah, I guess you're right. He does. He has a four game win streak. Um, I think he's going to extend it to five this week. So, you know, when I'm when I was initially looking at Durazio's lineup and potential issues this week, um, I was really I was really uh, hinting towards PRB until I saw, you know, that he's got the Stafford bye week, which which kind of I mean, Mac Jones, look, he got a nice little Mac Jones performance on his bench this last week. And Mac Jones has had some pretty good games this year. Like, he's got a 29-point game, a 22-point game, and that 25-point game. But he also has a smattering of uh, 7 points, 13 points, 7 points again, 11 points. And he's in – he's playing, yes, uh, an, an albeit bad Atlanta Falcons defense, but it's in that bizarre Thursday pocket that you just can never project – um, that's an untenable position uh, for PRB to be in, I think. I pick against this dude every week. His team is garbage to me. His wins are trash. Um, and he keeps winning and keeps proving me wrong every week. But I'm just going to go ahead and believe that ultimately we're going to recede back to the norm with him and he's going to not win five consecutive games. And Durazio is going to, you know, Durazio's had a couple bad bad weeks here and it's primarily due to quarterback uncertainty. I think Durazio is going to get it right at quarterback this week. And I think it's going to be enough uh, with Stafford on the bye for Durazio to get back in the win column and to finally put this fraudulent win streak by PRB to an end. All right. Well, we have, we're on the opposite end of the spectrum then for both of our first two picks here. Uh, let's move on then to the um, to the Weasel TJ game, which we alluded to in the HSSR. How it's kind of a big game that TJ kind of needs to win some of these games here to keep his his bye week standing that he's sitting in right now. So, you know, this game against the Weasel uh, is is your pick, Jay. Yeah, Brent. The reason that the wins are so important to me is because I basically had like 14 points or 13 points from that from the win column in the HSSR all year, which has been, uh, you know, obviously bolstering me up. TJ has is going to have 14 points to end week 13 because he's going to be number one in points. So he'll have those 14. The wins aren't necessarily as important to him. And honestly, he's been cracking and showing some signs of vulnerability here. Um, you know from week to week now, ever since the, the Henry injury. And, 
you know, I think Kirk Cousins is kind of receding back. Speaking of regression back to the norm, I think Kirk Cousins is kind of becoming more of what we thought he was. He, this guy's not going to be uh, an every week, you know, 30 plus point play, which he was earlier in the year. Like we're seeing some 15 point games, uh, a 21 point game, not terrible, but not great. What's he going to do with his quarterback situation? Not sure. That's going to be a big game for uh, for the Seahawks. You know, I'm not sure quite what what TJ might do with his lineup, but look, Tucci is um, he's hot right now. Like he, like I said, two. You know, back to back, he's has the second highest output. Um, and looking at his lineup, like I like a lot of things. Like he's going to get another uh, very useful week out of AJ Dillon because you know Aaron Jones is going to play this week, so like that's going to be basically like another start for him there. I think Tucci's trending up. I, I don't really like what I'm seeing out of TJ right now. Brent, I, I can't believe that I'm going to do the unthinkable. Look, I've had the mantra all year, you never pick against TJ. Like, I just haven't. I'm going to pick against him twice in a row now, two weeks in a row. And not only that, I'm going to pick the draft weasel, Ryan Pertucci, or however the hell you say his last name. I'm taking Tooch to get a third straight win and to bump TJ down to six and five. Can you believe that pick? Well, yeah. I mean, I was, I was kind of, I thought you were like leading to saying he was going to be your lock this week. And I was like, wait, you already used your lock, so you can't use it. So I thought, I thought that's what you were alluding to there. But, you know, I, I, uh, this was a tough game to pick for me. And there's just, I think there's too many good matchups on Weasel's side. If I just look at it um, just purely based on that alone, to for TJ to really overcome it this week, like, like he he's lucked into this. It looks like Dylan will start this week, I guess, with with uh, Jones Hart. Right. So you know he he's he's somehow found himself a, a running back by just sitting there and doing nothing. And Najee Harris, like, you can run on the Chargers, and it, that's a Sunday night game. You know, I like the I like the time slot. I like the matchup. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, I saw broke his finger though, and. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play this week. He's like a pin inserted in his finger. I saw it was an update today. I don't know if you saw that as well, but uh, you know that's that's concerning that he might not have that guy in that slot. So you look at his bench, and I don't know who comes off the bench if if Mitchell can't play. It doesn't look great. So kind of flip flop back and forth in this game. But you know I, I'm actually going to. Uh, it's tough though because you know Debo Samuel and Justin Jefferson alone could have just like a monster week, but he's got to pull Henderson out of his lineup. And I guess Robbie Anderson is the play if he doesn't do anything in fab. So, you know, not a great swap out there, but Gesicki's not going to have zero points again. Like he's had a pretty good year and he's playing the Jets. So like, man, I've gone back and forth in this game constantly and it was a really tough one to pick, but I'm actually going to go with TJ in this okay. game. Even though I really like some of those matchup on Weasel side, there's just... I, I don't know. Picking against TJ, against Weasel, I, I don't see Weasel holding up that, that that point streak he's been going on. So I'm going to take TJ in this one, and you have Weasel. So we have three different now. Incredible. Th first three picks, three differences. I, we've done that like three weeks in a row, it seems like. But now we're going to start picking the same ones. So uh, next up on the on the slate here, let's go to the, um, to the uh, table battle here. And we have... The Mad Dong Bags versus Spross. Now, you know, Bags is, you know, he's like a five and five team. He he needs these wins to stay out of the toilet because, 
you know, he's so he's so far down there in points that it's it's going to be a tough climb for him to move up past people. So he needs to keep racking up these wins somehow. And he's going against one of the most explosive teams in the league here in Spross. And, you know, that's a that that Mahomes uh, versus Dallas 425 at home with that high over under Jay. It's going to make it really hard for me to pick, um, you know, bags in this game. Jalen Hurts is kind of a tough matchup against New Orleans there. So, you know, I think Bags really needed the matchup advantage to win this game, and I'm not seeing the matchup advantage for him this week. So I'm going to have to go with Spross to win this one somewhat easily. I don't need to spend much time on this game. I agree with you. If I had a lock this week, it would have been Spross. He's going to win this game easily. He's just going to stomp Bags, uh, in my estimation. And, um, you know, Bags might have kind of a lower scoring week too. I think Spross might be the, again, one of the higher scoring, if not the highest scoring team of the week this week. Maybe I'm front loading these games with the tough games to pick. And then we, <laughs> we start picking the same one. Maybe that's what's happening here. Um, but uh, yeah, all right. So we're, we're in alignment on that one. So we can move on to the next one here. And that is the never nude Stover versus booby of the bad gays game. And this is kind of a little bit of a rivalry. Uh, Stover has a, uh, has really, I guess, gotten under under Booby's skin, and Booby has a lot of vitriol and hate for Stover. So I'm sure Booby really wants to win this game when he sees that Stover is on the other side. Huh. Let's see. Who am I playing this week? <laughs> Booby of the bad gays, commissioner in hiding. Well, I gotta tell you, if I lose this week, my shit decimated team, I bet that commissioner will come out of hiding. I'm sure he will. Well, at least we'll get one thing out of this. We'll hear booty finally for the past seven weeks. For the first time. And this is another one of those toilet bowl games here that are pretty important because, like, these two teams have the worst record in the league. So, you know, whoever wins this this game here kind of jockeys for position in that in that filthy, dirty toilet bowl water. And, you know, this this is kind of big for them. So, you know, I'll let you pick this one first, though. Yeah, you know, this is a tough this is a tough game to pick. I, I you know, I, I initially had written down uh, booty actually in this game. Um but I think I I think I'm probably gonna waffle on that pick right now. Uh, I just I'm not crazy about that Herbert matchup with the Steelers. Um, I think oh dude, did you see Brian Edwards and the Patriots are in Booty's lineup this week? <laughs> they are, and I'm not crazy about that either. I feel like Brent, there's an there's an old saying. One of my uh, one of my uh, you know older uh, New Yorker friends. Um, you know, a degenerate gambler. He's like uh, like 60 years old. He's got like a, a place in Miami Beach and in New York. And he and I are, are used to be humongous gamblers together. And he had this saying, you miss the wedding, but you'll make the funeral. So like if you if you don't bet on something that you really wanted to and then you try to chase the bet like in their next game or whatever, uh, or like in the second half, like it's, it's never going to go right. Like I have a feeling like, the Edwards Patriots, like I, one or both of those might just go wrong this week. And like, 
we'll we'll see. But I I hope I'm wrong. But uh, that yeah that that's concerning. But mostly concerning to me is the Pittsburgh matchup for Herbert. Herbert, I, you know, didn't have a great game this last week, and I mean the Steelers defense is like pretty strong. So um, you know I'm concerned about that matchup. Meanwhile, like. You know, Stover, like, I, I kind of like some of these matchups. Like, the Mark Andrews matchup looks very favorable. The Devontae Adams matchup looks very favorable. And he's got Montgomery back now, finally. Um, and I really like this guy. Like, I think, you know, I think Montgomery could be one of those quote-unquote league winners if he's on the right team. Maybe not on this team in this league. But, like, I think Montgomery's going to go off down the stretch. Yeah, I'm still kind of waffling back and forth on this pick, but I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna hold with my my secondary waffle and go with Stover. Yeah, I have Stover uh, picked in this game as well. I just at this point I'm just like sitting back eating popcorn and laughing and waiting for Booby to be one step behind uh, his lineup every week. And like you said, with the um, you miss the wedding, but you you make the funeral. You know that's you know. That's that's pretty applicable to pretty much his his whole season here. And, you know, this might not be a case of that. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't think this is going to be where it backfires because, you know, is he going to play the Steelers defense against his quarterback? You know, like I, that, yeah. that that's, you know, having your defense against your quarterback. It's probably an easy move. I feel like I feel like the, the matchups this week made it impossible for Booby yeah. to, to fuck up like he has been pretty much every week here. And yet we still both like Stover in this one. And yet we still both like Stover. So, so, so there you go. That's that's pretty much the the microcosm of Booby season this year. So we can move on to the next game because that's one of those toilet games. We can move on to the next one here. And you know that that game that I kind of want to highlight right here uh, is is kind of a big game here in the middle of the pack. These are the, these are two teams in the play in the in the playing games of those four teams, and it's the uh, Rustle versus Barfo game here. And, you know, not neither of these teams had a good week. As we know, Russell had maybe one of the worst weeks in all of Stinky this, this season last week. But that being said, Cordell Patterson got injured and he's got a short turnaround to play in that Thursday night game. So, like, can I even count him in the lineup this week? So, you know, he's got some lineup decisions. He is the Rams on a bye and no defense on his bench. So he needs to pivot and pick someone up in fab this week. And I, you know, I, I took a look at it and there's, there's not many great options, but he's going to have to make a tough call here. And he's in a tough spot because is, is Kamara going to play? Like, I, I, I don't know how long this injury is going to keep him on the shelf, but he was ruled out relatively early in the week last week. So that's usually not a good sign for the following week, but we'll see if he's able to play, uh, you know, I'm going to have to just, I don't know if I can trust any of those situations over there on Russ's side of the ball. And I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Barco in this game to rebound from his subpar week last week at this last week and take Russell down. Yeah. I, you know, I agree with you just because of all the uncertainty on Russ's side that you highlighted. um, You know, like you said, like I can't, I can't pick a guy coming off of a 58 point output uh, with, the questions that basically, uh, you know, helped lead him to that 58 eight point output, like really not being resolved at this point. I, I can't in good conscience pick uh, him to win against a team that I think, you know, Barco is going to get well this week. Uh, there is no Aaron Jones. 
Uh, so we know that. But other than that, like, I like a number of these matchups. I like Lamar to have a huge game this week, which will probably mean, you know, much like the Spross situation with uh, so goes Tyreek Hill uh, by, based on whatever, you know, Patrick Mahomes is doing. The same is true of Hollywood Brown, who's been a great wide receiver this year. I mean, he's got to be top 10. Um, but he's basically uh, – he's completely dependent on Lamar Jackson, obviously. I think both of them have – Big games, and I think Barco will get the win here and drop Russ to, I mean, four and seven. Kind of hard to believe with with the firepower that that guy has on his roster, but I think that's what we're going to see this week. Yeah, he's had some tough luck losses um, this year that that kind of led him to that record that he's going to end up with at four and seven, but it still might be enough for him to be in the uh, in the playing game. So, you know, he's he's just got to claw out some wins here. I don't think this is the week though for for Russell to do so. But that brings us to our last game on the slate, Jay. And that is soon, maybe what we looked at in HSSR, maybe soon to be one of the, one of the top teams in the league. I mean, I think we both have this picked as a W and it's the, the Frankie freak squad against Schwarz game here. And, you know, I'm not picking it just based on name power alone. I look, I looked at the matchups and if he does get Antonio Brown back, which I'm not sure is a certainty or not, but like, his his lineup is starting to get a little healthy and Devonta Smith seemingly has like figured out the you know the league a little bit I feel like the game is slowing down for him and he's becoming like a week in week out weapon for him so you know I think it's pretty easy for both of us to pink Frank this week but uh you probably heard, haven't heard me say this yet but I haven't picked a lock this week yet so Frank is actually my lock of the week yeah, pretty easy lock, I think. Yeah, I think, like I said, Frank, at the end of this week, I said it earlier in the show, we'll have the best record in the league because by virtue of my third straight loss, that garbage loss last week, and then you getting, I think, a big performance out of your Cincinnati duo and me being the the loser that I am and starting three Jets players, like, I see myself losing. I see Frankie winning this game handily. And moving into the eight and three solo possession of first place. And I think he's going to have a pretty big scoring week too this week. I think he will eclipse me and Steve in scoring. So Frank basically is going to move into the pole positioning that I've held most of the year. I think Frank will have the best record and he will be second in points at the end of this week. Uh, and he will be a standalone uh, second in, in HSSR behind pretty much only TJ. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like we uh, we kind of thought that was going to be the case. And, you know, looking at his lineup here in detail, uh, it's it, it might be looking like that if everything goes the way it goes according to plan. But, you know, in the NFL, nothing goes according to the plan. So who knows if that will be an accurate projection or not here, Jay? Who knows, Brent? Because like I said, Apu, you're right. After now looking at all the projections, obviously everyone's lineups on set. But Apu has my lineup is the number one scoring team in the league for a second week in a row now. Uh, and obviously it just didn't go that way last week. It's not going to go th that way this week. Uh, I, I need Steve Durazio to dig into the Apu, uh, whatever kind of uh, programming he's doing right now. I think ultimately we need to fire Apu. Well, I mean, should we bring up the, what, what I teased earlier in the show? That's a great, we have not really, uh, you know, you foreshadowed it, but we haven't come the, the report, the full uh, report on what is coming up, Brent, has not been laid out yet. So uh, do you I, you would probably know more about it than I do. I know what's happening, but I don't know the logistics. 
Well, you know, maybe I'll just leave it a little slightly ambiguous just to build okay. up some some hype. But there will be there will be some some new stinky cast hosts for next week's show that we have been planning since the summer. And, uh, you know, this is this, this week coming up just happens to be the week. So um, it's the week that you do you do your mountain trip. So we're going to give you. We're going to give you the week off. You know, I'll take the week off for for the holiday. So this will be the last time that you hear from us until the the week following Thanksgiving. So I you know, wanted to take this opportunity to wish everyone just a fantastic uh, um, Thanksgiving because we will not be joining you on the show. So I want to give Jay the same opportunity here. Yeah, absolutely, Brent. Um, you know, I hope everybody has a, a safe, happy uh, fun holidays. Um, you know, I hope everybody has continued health and success, uh, not only in their personal lives, but in their fantasy football lineups as well. Uh, and, you know, yeah, Brent and I, you will not hear from us uh, for a couple weeks unless, Brent, possibly there might be maybe an interview. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. So maybe that maybe we would slide that in, but that, that would be the only way that Stinky Nation might hear our luscious two voices before or uh, or maybe or maybe you know i think that i think because we won't be working the show maybe we're eligible for uh for feedback calls since no one else is calling in correct we could we could that we could possibly do that as well all right well tbd and you know just uh get ready for what's going to be an epic epic show next week guys I am excited, Brent. I, for one, can't wait to listen. Uh, I, I love listening to the show as it is when I pretty much already know what the show is by and large going to sound like. So I'm very excited uh, to hear uh, some th- these two new, whoever these people are, I'm excited to hear uh, these two new hosts. So uh, stay tuned for that, obviously. And, I, you know, I, my normal close is not applicable. So, you know, stay stay tuned for Brentley and Jay's return in, in, I guess, two weeks, a little bit longer than two weeks. Uh, Same stinky time, same stinky channel. Brent, I don't know if next week there will be a special stinky time and stinky channel. Stay tuned to the WhatsApp chain, uh, I would guess, for more uh, details on that. But until then, though, Stinky Nation, good night. Screaming, the media says what? Kind of music is this for you? The dance through the man with the plan and the band demands you. Leave the smack and the crack for the whack for the ball and the knock. Keep a smile like that. Leave the knife and the gun in the store and ignore temptation sent by the nation. Racial game causes pain, needs a new rep. In your hearts and mind, never forget you set. Hawkins, and when you walk in, you know just one. Black on black, remember that it's important. Anyway, the shunless one, bring forth the fun. No hatred, the summer's almost done. No time for sleep. Jump in your Jeep and pump up the funky beat. A holy beeper goes off, yo, smash it, then trash it. You're too young to be plumped in a casket. Just get your boys and bring the noise and just swing it. And party people, sing it. Can you come out and slam a jam? I'm his number one fan, yes I am. All these 
kids realize that I'm the man. Six foot three and maybe a quarter of an inch bigger than last year, but still a unique figure. Rob Stringer, Doc, no dinky and hot dog, know that I'm a man that was born to have a mic on next to me at all times, ready to kick a rhyme. That'll keep me out of financial bind. That's why when it comes to fans, I'm never mean. Kids on St. James between Gates and Green always says hello, cause I'm a modest fellow. Never try to play a superstar that's mellow. Cause if these kids don't go buy our records, we'll be has-beens and plus naked. So we owe them, so pull out your pen. Sign an autograph, you might make a new friend. So just get your boys and bring the noise and just swing it. And party people in the house sing it. Coming back to 1990, Chub Rock jumps upon the scene with a lane and a hardcore dream. The dream wasn't crafted to be pornographic. Decency started from the crib plus kids. Don't need to hear all of that on a rap. The strength of my vibe placed Chubbs on the map because authority, seniority goes forth me. My staff gives autograph plus gives enough laughs. Reap my might, heed my sight. I definitely lead your right to treat me right. Peace. Peace. 